I'm Nikki. And I'm Kirtana. And you're listening to The Chat Room. Okay, okay, okay. Be honest. On a scale of the conjuring to the making of the poltergeist movie. Look it up. Google it. <laughs> How cursed was the making of this episode, Nikki? First of all, major props to the scale you have concocted. Super, super specific and very impressive. Yeah, it's deep theatrical cuts is what I provide on this podcast. That's why I'm your co-host. But I'm going to have to disagree with all the choices you presented me and say that recording this episode was like friggin' Final Destination, the third installment, because it was just curveball after curveball. I've never seen anything like it. It was so hard to record this episode. And I hope Poonam never has to experience something like this again. Final Destination 3, aka Death by Roller Coaster. It's accurate. <laughs> To give all of our listeners perspective, it literally took us four tries to record this episode, and we had to do it in different pieces, on different devices, in different locations, as the power has been going out all around Los Angeles, as meetings came up, as family stuff came up, as all the HBO content that I have to watch comes out. It's not TV, it's HBO. (laughs) The universe and HBO did not want us to talk about Bride and Prejudice. And honestly, after our conversation, I can see why the movie was a trip. (laughs) The movie was a roller coaster. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, as many of you can probably infer by this point, this week's bonus episode of Now Replaying is all about the 2004 film Bride and Prejudice starring Aishwarya Rai Bachchan and directed by Gurinder Chadda. And we got to discuss our many, many thoughts and feelings about the film with our very dear friend, the absolutely hilarious Poonam Patel. Yes, we adore Poonam. Poonam is an Emmy-nominated actress. Shout out! For her role in the Netflix (laughs) series special. She's also a series regular on Pop TV's Return of the Mac and a recurring guest star in Netflix's Space Force. This episode was, was obviously a lot of fun because of the iconic nature of this film. And I think at the time that really masked the amount of let's be honest cringe that's actually in it (laughs) so much so that literally none of us remembered that the film had songs in it we each (laughs) collectively we had mental blackouts about this so it was a super interesting realization when we turned that film on (laughs) also like super warranted because the lyrics i mean our, our brains did us a favor Truly. (laughs) But as undeniably cringe as many of these moments were, don't deny it, we do actually have to give the film credit where credit is due because of the boundaries that it broke. And I imagine it started a lot of larger conversations that maybe some families and and people didn't have before. Definitely. But also, more importantly, two words, Cobra Dance. I mean, I think that's really it, right? Do we even need a whole episode? No. Okay, we're live. Poonam, <laughs> <laughs> your house is so nice. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you can kind of. Yeah, it really is. 
thanks. I've had a lot of time whoa, during quarantine to, um, you know, just like arrange pillows on my couch for hours at a time. And I love it. I, I've, I actually ordered like way too many pillows during this time. Like my whole coffee table is full of pillows. I started putting pillows like outside. I have six pillows on my bed. I have to be stopped. <laughs> is that, has that been like your quarantine obsession is making sure your house is just like really ready for when this is over? Yeah, ready for when I can like have someone over. Yeah, for sure. I'm also doing this thing where I'm like, let me just see if my body can, you know, handle things on its own. So it's like, what if I can train my body to not need deodorant? Because I'm not going anywhere, so why don't I let my pores, like, wow. breathe? You're, like, trying to manipulate evolution. I You're, am. You're, like, trying to do it. Hun and evolution is winning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, trying to think of a way to segue anything yeah. into this movie, and I don't think it's possible. No. Because it just so stands on its own. I don't know how you even do that gracefully. <laughs> you can't. Oh. All right, Kay. Kick us off. Let's do it. All right. So, Poonam, thank you very much for joining us today. <laughs> this movie <laughs> is something else, man. Wait, wait, wait. Raise your hand if you remembered that this movie had songs because I did not before I rewatched it. I didn't either. Nope, I blacked out. But I was automatically re-traumatized the minute <laughs> yep. I remembered it was a musical. <laughs> Even the first song, the one where Naveen Andrews just like busts out his dance moves, even then, while rewatching it, I was like, oh, right, I kind of remember that there was like a random song in the middle of this movie and completely still forgot there were other songs later yeah. in the movie. I was like, oh, this will be fine. It's like this one funny song because they're. It's in Hindi. Yeah, it's like during like their Sangeet or whatever it's supposed to yeah. be. Yeah, I, that's right. That I remember there being this hint of Bollywood in this movie. And then the next song is that Amritsar to UK song. And I was like, oh my God, I forgot this was a thing. It's when they start singing in English. Yeah. All right, let, let's get into it. But first, yes. I'm going to do a quick summary of the movie. For those who may not remember or may have blacked out after <laughs> watching it, and chose not to remember. I'm so excited to see how you summarize this. Like, I, really, I truly couldn't do it if this was my job. Ready? Okay. Bride and Prejudice is obviously loosely based on the famous Jane Austen novel, Mansfield Park. Yeah, right? Huh. That's not right. That's right, right? <laughs> you were like, pause for laughter. Pause for laughter. Let's hear it. For a second, I was like, oh my God, she didn't get it. <laughs> Okay, clearly the film is based on Pride and Prejudice. In this film, Elizabeth Bennett has been changed to Lalita Bakshi, played by Aishwarya Rai Bachchan. The general premise of the film stands. Lalita is an intelligent, outspoken, if somewhat prejudiced... Oh, God. <laughs> ...woman with three sisters, all of whom their mother would like to marry off to wealthy men. Lalita meets Will Darcy, and at first, the two have serious contrasts in the way that they view the world, but soon bond with each other. But will their stubborn, prideful ways get the best of their blooming love, especially as hijinks with their respective loved ones ensue? Wow, you wrote that on your own? 
I did indeed. <laughs> wow. Rotten Tomatoes, hire her. Thank you. Yeah, what the Thank heck? <laughs> well, I feel like the natural first place to start with the movie is to talk about the songs, which it really is. For me, felt like okay. Do you know when you watch a Hindi movie and you you're reading the subtitles for the song you're watching? Uh huh. It felt like the songs in this movie were singing those Hindi subtitles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like you know, like when they don't really make they don't sense. match up. Like there's something's lost in translation. I am so glad that you said that because I remember in the Sangeet song, they're like, Sasrikal Sornios. And I remember the like lyrics, I think, were like, What's up? Yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, my skin is pulsating should not be a lyric. That no, is, that is right. never should be a lyric. <laughs> Hearing Indira Varma's character give English translations of the Hindi lyrics yeah. to Darcy is so jarring. It's literally the reason I turn off subtitles while watching Bollywood movies during the songs. Because it's like, it's just awkward and jarring to look at. It is. And like, I think there's lots of like metaphors in lots of Hindi lyrics, but a lot of them are still like pretty rapey. Like, one of them was like, these girls are like kites without strings. How are we going to catch one? And I'm like, first of all. <laughs> yeah, it's like, are you going to take a butterfly net and come after me? Truly, they're like, like, as if it was like these tricksters. How are we going to catch them? They don't even have strings that we can, like, lure them in with. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> it's like women are Pokemon. It's so messed up. Yeah. Gotta catch it's so messed up. Wait, but okay, can, we also have to acknowledge the fact that Anu Malik did the music, which is absurd to yeah, me. I'm like, iconic. was he on yeah. peyote while he was doing the composing? <laughs> I'm so confused. I know. Wait, but also, can we talk about the most important musical moment in the movie, which is Ashanti <laughs> twist of the century? I had completely blacked that out. When she came on screen, I was like, no way that's Ashanti. She's like singing about India. And she's singing in tune, like about love in India. They got Ashanti and they got Rory Gilmore. Rory Gilmore. Right? Oh my God, that freaked me out when I saw Rory. <laughs> Rory Gilmore is playing Rory Gilmore in Bride of Right. Right. <laughs> But my favorite musical anything was that when they were landing in LA, the song they were playing was Ride With Me. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, must be the day. Yeah. And it's also like driving into like a developing subdivision. Yeah. Right. They're in like Rancho Cucamonga. Yeah. <laughs> Can we just go back though? That's okay. So the first song I was relatively okay with. If you put aside the creepy lyrics, which right. you know, that's you have to say you have to say that about a lot of Indian songs, yeah. right? But the second song in particular, it like the chorus is literally "There are stars in your way from Amritsar to UK." Like I, <laughs> I, I can't begin to explain to you guys how uncomfortable I was. And it, I mean, it, there's so many awkward lyrics in that song because they're just trying to do too much and, and they were trying to like fit in these eloquent words and lyrics in between people singing runs, like, you know, Bollywood style runs. Oh. Like there's this one line that's like, 
it's like right at the bridge and they're all like supposed to be it's supposed to shift to serious tone and they're talking about henna yeah she was like life and all of its intricacies henna is the earth and all of her fertility i'm like how are you singing this also who is she no no no. you got it you got to say the whole thing henna henna is the earth and all her fertility will will darken your lifelines to deepen with time what right having kids ruins your life (laughs) <laughs> well, be. also that whole song reeked of, um, you know, when Beauty and the Beast, where she's like, the whole village is like singing. That whole sequence was like, there goes a baker with his chin. Exactly. <laughs> that's literally. Oh my god, that's so true. With like all the like quirky characters. Do you remember like the like jeweler scene? Yeah. In the song, like the weird jewelry yeah. guy. That's exactly right. I mean, I think this movie. <laughs> was definitely a reflection of the times, but also like it's based on something that is a novel from a very different time. So those themes are going to be problematic. And it's based in uh, two cultures, American and Indian, that uh, are extremely problematic. So it's like even within that song, it's like, you know, some people from like the Hijra population um, start singing and everyone's just like laughing at them. And I was like, okay, transphobic. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, you know, throughout the whole movie, they're talking about like lighter skinned and I hope he's fair and I'm fair for him. And it's like, okay, colorism. Like it's yep. everywhere. Wow, but that's so true. But they're it almost really like is. presenting it with a smile. <laughs> for sure. Wait, speaking of uh, tough to watch, Cobra dance scene. Oh, highlight. <laughs> it's so funny because this movie came out. I remember watching, I was like 10 years old. I watched it. And I remember that scene and it was the only scene in the movie that stuck with me. And when I rewatched, I thought it was so cool when I first watched it. Rewatching it, I'm like, what? I loved it. I think I've like always loved the Nagin dance though. I think it's like I do too. You know what? You know the thing that I didn't like about it though? Like, so here's the thing. I... I love that character even in the Pride and Prejudice novel. Like, she's yeah. the only one who's just trying to, like, take her shit seriously. She takes this dance seriously. <laughs> she goes for it. She leans the, the F into it. You know, like, it is her dance. The thing I don't like is all the reactions around as yeah. if it's, like, this crazy thing that she has yeah. dedication to this dance. I was like, you're cool as fuck, dude. Go for it. I love it. No, my favorite part were the sound effects. Yes. The sound effects. I felt like I was like Dragon Ball Z or something. It was just like... Oh, that's so <laughs> Indian, too. There's always, like, lightning and thunder in every, like, reaction scene. <laughs> Oh my god, that's so funny. I will say the sister that I related to the most was Lucky, the youngest sister, because I am also a mm. hoe for life. <laughs> and I was like, she is the most sexually liberated and yeah. like free-spirited. And I think she's kind of like portrayed to be a little like reckless, young and immature. And like even in Pride and Prejudice, I'm sure she's portrayed. But I loved her. I was like, get it, girl. Let her be free. That is one kite that never had a string. Like, <laughs> let her fly free. But Lolita was so unlikable. Like, I didn't yeah. think anybody in this movie was... Un- Actually, Anupam Kher's character was unlikable. But yeah. That, but, I mean, that's also, like... That's it's Anupam Kher, character. yeah. Yeah, like, it's Anupam Kher. Also, Darcy's, like... I always interpreted him as pretty, like, prickly and unlikable. 
But, like, are we really going to ignore the fact that, like, they just kind of slide in there that he's had a girlfriend this whole time? Yeah. And his excuse was, I didn't know my mom was going to invite her and I don't love her. Yeah. Yeah, actually, that's hella problematic. Wow, you guys got really deep. I could not even get emotionally (laughs) past the surface to dissect any sort of major theme in the movie. That's so right, though, because even in the... I kept kept going back to the original Pride and Prejudice, right? And even in that one, it's like he's been told he's got to be betrothed to this person, but it's not like he's dated her or in love with her or anything because of his rank or whatever. He's forced to marry this person, so in that case, it feels forgivable because that's not his choice at all. But he, right. they make it seem like this girl was his girlfriend. She lives in New York. They're in a long distance relationship and she's in a fucking sari showing up to a wedding at his hotel. So they're just friends. <laughs> I was so triggered. And then in the first scene, he's like, Balraj, where have you brought me? And I'm like, first of all, right. Balraj, you're calling him like the king of balls, essentially. <laughs> like... That's your best friend, and you don't know how to pronounce his name? Like, get out of here. Yeah, he's been your best friend for how long? The Raj of Balls. I will say, though, that out of most of the characters, I didn't mind. I felt, for the most part, that Naveen Andrews, like, Balraj was pretty endearing like I did find him to be like a relatively likable dude and he does seem to be quite smitten and like really does want the best for this like girl he loves but he can't send an email well Darcy sabotaged him but also if you're a real man you're gonna do what you want for the woman you want no matter what okay (laughs) exactly end of story you're not gonna let some white guy be like don't go for that Indian girl that's right Drag him. If there are problems, you're going to confront them like a real man. Thank you very much. Also, I just kept being like, when he was like in this movie and dancing and stuff, I'm like, that's the guy from Lost. His career really like evolved from Bride and Prejudice. Like he only got better parts and better projects, I think. (laughs) Can we have a conversation about Wickham though in this movie? He just like, isn't he just going to Varanasi with fucking friends? He's like, my friends are waiting for me. Yeah, so why are you ta- why are you chatting up Lucky when you say you're like obsessed with this other girl? And then finally when they catch you with the younger sister, you then say to the other one, you were it like from the start. It was all you. Uh-huh. I'm like, really? You thought that this was going to be no. your best line of defense? You know what it is? Because it's classic. Cis, hetero, alpha male energy, and so many men are like this. So many men I have met are like this. Not all men, sure. But it's like, when you want to have fun, you want whatever easy girl you can manipulate, and then you want to use that against her because at the end of the day, somehow you still want this pure, virginal wife. But between sisters? You... Yeah, I would not put it past a man. Actually, I know it turns them on. It's about power and exploitation. And it's like, she was down and good for her. I'd be like, okay, if I'm chatting up the younger sis and she's actually a lot of fun, cool. Like be with the younger sis. She seems pretty awesome. I'd rather be with her. You could travel for the rest (laughs) of your life. You can have a great time. Again, I am also a hoe for life. I almost wondered if there was some sort of American influence in this movie, or Western, I should say, influence in this movie, where everyone who was brown in this movie felt like they had to kind of play up the Western, like, 
stereotypes yeah. that people would be comfortable to see. Because I don't see Gurinder Chadha making this movie again in this way now, for sure. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I will say one of my favorite parts was the blooper reel and the B-roll at the end. Oh, my God, yeah. When you got to like, see yeah. the director, I was like, can we just get more of this B-roll and cut out two of the songs? <laughs> <laughs> what? You you want to cut out No Life Without Wife? That's rude. Important message. Important message, though. <laughs> I, will, I will say, though, at least that movie is, like, making fun of the sentiment because there are, like, those scenes where sh- she's – uh, imagining what it would be like to be married to him and he's like got his business attire on and she's Ugh. sitting there with her like big like fancy sorry just like with he's like eating her food and she's just like ugh you know like yeah, right. <laughs> like yeah, I think I think there yeah I think there are like I think it was supposed to be making fun of it a little bit it just doesn't land as well as it lands now yeah and he did like they did speak to the fact that he was like oh these Indians and she's like Bitch, you're from here too. But like right. a superiority <laughs> complex amongst like Indians abroad versus Indians in India. And like that was like a cool layered conversation they kind of touched on. But that guy. Oh. Okay, so for someone who says that NRIs are better than Indians who still live in India, that dude was so stereotypically Indian. Yeah. I loved him. He took all the worst parts of both cultures. And became a full person that way. <laughs> Wait, this is a great, great lead into talking about favorite dialogue because my favorite dialogue was said by him, quote unquote, Mama G, what's up? Yeah. My favorite dialogue in the entire film, Mama G, what's up? What's up? <laughs> so, I, so the mom is problematic, as obviously we can all agree on, but she, one of her first lines is too lucky. She says, we want Balwa, Balraj to look into Jaya's eyes, not your mummies. And I was like, yeah. mummies? <laughs> oh, my God. I just, I just was like, what? Who calls their boobs mummies? <laughs> Me now. So that's good. Me now. Know, yeah, right? clearly. Truly. <laughs> What a Freudian thing to call. Like, right? Like, are you shocked? No. I guess or not. Or is it like, <laughs> just like a, a weird thing, like, you know how they call food mum-mum, like kind of like a nonsense word? Oh, yeah. Maybe yeah, it's that's just it. like a nonsense word, but I mean, mummies is pretty clear. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my gosh. The scene where um, they just cut to... Uh, What's the, what's the American guy's name? The He's Indian, but the NRI. Um, Kohli? Mr. Mr. Kohli. Yeah. It is the shortest scene, but it literally like blasted me into the couch where they just cut to him and he just does a flip on his bed, on his round bed, and there's oh, a tiger yeah. noise that comes and he's in like American flag Speedos. It's such a classic Bollywood thing that NRIs are always wearing American flag underwear. Like, you remember yeah. in Three Idiots? What's the Yeah. yeah. I, it, like, it happens in every movie. And I'm just like, is that something that we all need to invest in? Is right. that a stereotype we should just steer into? Yeah. I've never had American flag undies, and maybe I need to. I find it disrespectful. I'm like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. I thought that's what people in America thought, that it's disrespectful to wear the flag on your ass cheeks. I know, but then, like, American Eagle will come out with flip-flops that have pictures of, like, Krishna on the bottom of them and shit <laughs> like that. Well, uh, why don't we get into... We've talked a little bit, obviously, about what 
doesn't work about the movie, right? So why don't we talk a little bit about what actually does still work in the movie? Because there are a few sentiments that I think actually land a lot stronger now that I think if I were remaking the movie, for example, I would definitely want to keep in the movie. So like, for example, I mean, I think talking about arranged marriage as a global dating service and kind of restructuring the way people think about what arranged marriage is, is actually really interesting. You know, I mean, that's obviously one of the things that, like, people are talking about now a lot with the Indian matchmaking show. But, like, to to turn the stereotype on its head and be like, this is not a backwards thing. Indian people want to have arranged marriages, but they want to do it in this very specific way now. I actually thought that was a cool way that she kind of explains it at the beginning, Lalita. Yeah. Well, I also like that in that whole discussion, it just brings to light that not everyone prioritizes romance in their life some people might just want like a partner they can get along with and raise a family with it's okay to want a coley yeah okay own your coley if you want to be with mr coley she should not be shamed for that yeah Yeah, i mean i mean the the woman who ends up marrying her lalita's best friend she she kind of like says as much right she's like I need stability and he's nice enough. Like that's, I mean, you know what I mean? He's not going to treat you badly and he's going to provide you stability. If that's what you're looking for because you have other ideals of of what you want in your life, then good for you. Yeah. And of course it's different if it's like, well, if it's a woman who was like never given the option to want more, if she was always kept small or like always kept in a box in a sense, then of course it's like, well, can we expose everyone equally to everything and let them decide for themselves but then yeah yeah, on the other hand it's like just let everyone do their thing you know what I mean (laughs) I think yeah yeah, I think that's another thing actually that I actually really liked about this movie especially as compared to the subject matter the one thing that that like in the in the original kind of Pride and Prejudice whether it's the the novel or even the like 2005 movie the Keira Knightley one Charlotte who is in this case, Lalita's friend who marries Kohli, that character in the original is kind of said that that is what kind of how she's compared. She's like, she's not very pretty. She's not going to have a lot of prospects. She's not rich. She's just going to take whatever comes. And then she marries Mr. Collins because it's kind of all she thinks that she can get. But she says to her friend, she's like, yeah, but you know, he's nice enough and he's going to give me all the things that I was never going to be able to get the way you or your sister especially we're going to be able to get right so i think that it they flip that a little bit because sonali kulkarni who plays that character in this movie is not plain looking she's a very pretty lady she is a, a lovely character in the movie you know she doesn't have a lot of mm-hmm. screen time necessarily but she's a lovely character in the movie she probably could have had other prospects but she chooses Coley because she's like listen he's gonna bring me to america he's nice and I have stability. Like, I like the fact that there was a little bit more of a choice there. Yeah, I also like the autonomy, yeah. Yeah, and I also like the fact that they didn't keep comparing Jaya and Lalita's beauty the same way yeah. they do in the original where it's like, Jane is so beautiful, and Elizabeth is like, fine, she's agreeable yeah. enough, right? It's like, yeah. no, they're both pretty hot, and they both yeah. can get whoever they want. You know what I mean? So I like the fact that there wasn't this, like, weird comparison between sisters in this version and i think you kind of can't do it if you're gonna hire aishwarya right but i but at the right. same time yeah they probably were like well i can't write this in because you know whatever but i i yeah. like the fact that that wasn't the case you know what i mean i i think that that's i thought that was i thought that was nice yeah 
And like, you know, as much as people associate maybe women in that situation in India or arranged marriages with oppression, those girls like got to go to Goa with a guy they met two days ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, they let them go. Ridiculous, by the way. Hey, take your sister and go hang out with the guy you met 48 hours ago. Right, they're right. like, you can't take our daughter. Take two! <laughs> what? <laughs> and then when, like, Lucky's in London, she's like, I want to go shopping. And her mom's like, yeah, at least we'll leave with something. Go ahead, shop in this foreign country by yourself. So it's like, right. those girls actually had quite a bit of more independence than you would associate with that narrative, which... I thought was refreshing and they didn't make like a big deal out of it. It just like existed, which was nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I said this on our, on our matchmaking episode too, but I, I kind of liked that even though he was scum, I liked that Darcy was having his own kind of arranged marriage situation because I think this notion of arranged marriage is yeah. so for whatever reason, just stamped on Indian culture when that's mm-hmm. not, I talk about this with so many people. That's not the case. Everyone does their own version of, okay, who, mm-hmm societally will I be compatible with who mm-hmm. educationally will I be compatible with like that is a version of this when and you're on the dating yeah. app that's a version of this like we every culture has a version of this. and like almost every parent is critical in some way yeah and I would say like even with Amer- white American parents a lot of them do treat their daughters differently than they treat their sons So it may be more in your face because of, like, the patriarchal structure of India. But you cannot tell me that does not exist here, too. 100%. Like, it's it's pretty worldwide. It just looks different in different countries. Yeah, for sure. I I will say the other thing that I, I really liked that they brought up in this movie was actually has to do with the line that Aishwarya says when they're in Goa. She says, you want people to come to India without dealing with the Indians. I love that because I think it's so important. Yeah, Yeah, I think it's so important to talk about this problem that is like, has been prevalent and continues to be prevalent. I mean, it's, it's, it's an, it's an actual issue that happens in places like Goa or in like with the Sandals Resort in Jamaica. You know what I mean? Like these people want like a taste of culture without having to actually be immersed in that culture in an authentic way. It like reeks of colonialism, really. Exactly, exactly. So I I like that that came up and and funnily enough, I actually kind of like that there was a light touch to it because then it would have felt too preachy if it had been this huge topic it's something that she kind of says as a dig and it actually makes you think i think a little bit more because you're like oh shit what did she mean by that you know yeah so i i I like that i like that but you know they they carry that over also to when his mom is like oh i've always wanted to visit india she's like but you know we have yoga here and it's like oh you just kind of want to pick and choose and i feel like lots of cultures do this with other cultures and in this example it's obviously like white American culture doing it with other minority cultures, but you want to pick and choose the parts you like, but you don't want to actually appreciate the places it came from. And like anytime someone is like, I want to go to India. I want to go to India. The first thing I say is like, well, it's, it it is a difficult place to travel. And that's part of like the joy of traveling there, but it's not like you're coming to like a mystical land and you're going to just straight away have a spiritual journey in a desert, yeah. you know, it's on a camel. It's not the Cheetah Girls 3, y'all. Right. That's not accurate. As much as we how... wish it was. 
it's not like this watered down version that's been presented, you know, for your consumption kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, guys, should we do some superlatives? Let's do it. Superlative number one, most likely to get canceled. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, um, the mom, the white mom. I also wonder if, like, Coley would get canceled now. Yeah. Oh, Coley definitely would get canceled now. Yeah. Right? He's definitely, like, at the very least, sexually harassed somebody in a bar. Yeah, I mean, I think if that little moment with the underwear is any indication (laughs) of what he's actually like. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. There's There's something out there, or at the very least, he says something completely outrageous and we're all just like, okay, we're done. Oh, now. yeah. Done he absolutely has definitely, like, said the N-word. <laughs> he's like that guy who thinks he's down and you're like, you're actually uh, so yeah. problematic. <laughs> oh, no, you're right. That's awful. He was probably like, what? I was singing it in a song. And you're like, Coley, please get the fuck out of here. You're 100% right. Next superlative. Least likely to wear a mask. (laughs) Least likely to wear a mask. Honestly, I think it's Rory Gilmore. And I'm going to tell you why. I think she is one of those uh, safe presenting whites that... That wants to pretend that she's on, you know, the side of the oppressed and whatnot until it inconveniences her. And I'm going to tell you what, because even the white guy's, you know, secret girlfriend managed to put on a sari and Rory did not. And so that showed me that Rory's like, oh, yes, cool, being Indian. But I ain't putting on no sari. And that's exactly how she would say, I ain't putting on no mask. Interesting. I wish everyone could see Puna when she goes off like this. She's so feeling herself right now. Also, you know, like she was like, I'm going to the Hamptons with my friends. We're still going on spring break. We already planned for this, and it's my last break before I start law school. So I don't care if there's a pandemic. I'm still going out with my friends. And I'm young, so I won't be affected. We can stay at one of my parents' hotels. Boom. She's rich. She's young. She's privileged. She ain't wearing a mask. She's Ivanka Trump. I mean, what? I didn't say that. I didn't You're say that. You're so right. I was going to say his girlfriend. His girlfriend comes off super privileged. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darcy's girlfriend. She's all like, look. And, sh- and I actually think in her case, wearing any type of Indian clothes is actually an insult to Indian clothes. <laughs> You know what I mean? (laughs) I actually think that she saw it and she goes, wow, what a cute costume. She's one of those. Yeah. Can I borrow this for Halloween? Yes. Yeah. I was even thinking uh, Indra Varma's character. I don't know. She seems too smart for everybody. But you know, she's so selfish, but she's like, I'm not fucking dying. I'll wear this mask. I'll buy the best. I'm not dying for no one. No, she actually bought out all the N95s, and she's the reason, like, frontline health workers don't have um, PPE. Because her character is the one that's like, I bought all the hand sanitizer. I bought all the, um, like, PPE. It's in a bunker in the back of my mansion, and I'm not sharing it. Oh, my God. Okay, next superlative. Most likely to be on Indian matchmaking. The snake dancer. 
I think uh, that uh, Namrata, whatever's that, the oldest sister is most likely. Oh, in this can in this scenario, are we considering them all single, and it's the beginning of the movie? Yeah, I think let's let's make everyone single. Okay, okay, got it, got it. Then in that case, I yeah, Jaya, because she is the one who says, I do hope he's shopping, so 100% Yeah, is. and she reeks of the most sorry desperation. <laughs> to be quite honest, once Anupam Care passes, I think the mom. <laughs> I think she's not going to waste any time. <laughs> like, once he dies, I think she's going to be like, hello, Seema from Mumbai. I... <laughs> I'm single. I, I'm ready to mingle. I want a husband. Because she dev- defines, she only defines like female identity through men. So I don't think she would be able to like be on her own, even though she like treats her husband like That's shit. That's a good point. <laughs> okay, last one. Most likely to become TikTok famous. Coley. <laughs> oh. I was going to say lucky, but I think you might be right with Coley. Doesn't have to be for the right reasons, but it's Coley. I'm going to say Nagi and Dancer sister because she just has so many talents. Oh, my God. Do you think that if you think that if she got on TikTok, she'd do a hashtag Nagi challenge? Yeah. And then like everyone else would take it over and bastardize it. But there should be a Nagi challenge. Should we start it today? Is this it? I'm down. We better stretch before, but I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> well, Poonam, thank you for being on all 12 times we've tried to record this <laughs> Well, as you can see, I'm very busy. So <laughs> this was so fun. I love you gals. And to a note to all of our listeners, this movie comes with some bad juju, and I (laughs) If you watch this movie, you should probably sage afterwards. Yes. (laughs) The Chat Room is hosted by me, Nikita Manon. And me, Kirtan Asafri. In partnership with Brown Girl Magazine. Consulting producers are Pallavi Sastri and Nihar Sinha. All podcast artwork is created by Ashwarya Sukesh and opening music is by Sridhar Bhamani Party. Special thanks to Trisha Sukujawalia. Please subscribe to The Chat Room on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening right now. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>